All right, should we should we dive in? Let's dive in. <laughs> hey, gals, guys, and otherwise, this is Jonathan O. Roseline. No, that's not gonna that's not gonna go. <laughs> okay, but I'm gonna do it every time. Let's dive in. Hey, gals, guys, and otherwise, this is Jonathan O. Roseline. And I'm Noah, also known as Polyphonic, and you're listening to Horns and Wings, the podcast where we dive into saga issue by issue. <laughs> Just let's, let's dive in. We're talking about issue number 13, uh, and you know what, we're, we're, we're going to mix it up a bit today by actually talking about a goddamn issue of this fucking comic book <laughs> for once. Wait, so, how do you do that? I forgot. I, I never knew. So anyway, let's dive in. This is this is exciting. Start of, start of the third arc. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's been three weeks since we did a, just a straightforward classic H and W. That was the plan all along. Three weeks, third arc. Expect a month between the end oh, of the God. next arc. <laughs> we did. This is a slight update. Is uh, the the previews for December came out for uh, for comics, upcoming comics, and guess what was in the previews? Noah. Uh, uh, Literally what? not 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 saga. What was <laughs> it? Everything but saga. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea what's in there. It's just it is is confirmation that we will not be getting new saga until 2020, which is horrifying and sad and great for the podcast. We got plenty of time. What's horrifying and sad is the fact that 2020 is like 90 days away. Oh, don't do that. Like the like like not just not just next year, like the year 2020 next decade the 20s we're about to enter the roaring 20s that's fucked <laughs> i should definitely the first this is completely unrelated but the first video i release of 2020 should definitely be on the 2020 experience by justin timberlake uh i actually i've been holding on to uh, a video to do for a while now but uh, I'm, I'm holding out for 2112 and i'm just trying <laughs> and to get gonna, there yeah I just, should like. Just, I should Mark Twain autobiography. Like, make a, just a make a video to specifically come out on twenty one twelve. Like a good eighty years in advance. I think that that's actually a phenomenal idea because that's like for for people that'll be like your regular release schedule. Like, I feel like I get a video of yours every eighty years or so, so it's fitting. <laughs> This this is three videos from now, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which you know what we should totally do. Didn't like I want to say, boy, tangent immediately. Uh, John Malkovich did a movie that's not going to come out for like a hundred years or something. Was a oh, thing that probably. I heard about years ago. Uh, but I think we should do like a like a Wu Tang album sort of thing where we just make a bunch of videos that just like one we give them to one person. Uh, and let them decide if it's going to be released to the public or not. Uh, and and make sure it's Martin Screlly. Wasn't it Martin Screlly <laughs> that yeah. got the Wu-Tang out? What a yeah. piece of shit that guy yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, we should. That would actually be a really cool project is to get a bunch of creators together and do a time capsule mm-hmm. of video that's not, not to be seen publicly for another hundred years. But then YouTube will die and it'll just get forgotten. So fingers crossed <laughs> we're uh, we're we're really on a hot start on a hot start to this podcast what it fucking blazing uh, <laughs> it, it does sound it does sound like we're going in blazing right now <laughs> uh especially with the cough that i'll i'll add in uh right here actually Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> There's a little bonus for you. Yeah, I gave oh. you an organic one. Uh, well, I, it is actually, this is a, speaking of organic, it is an organic time to bring up that, uh, boy, that was a transition, it, <laughs> that, that we actually uh, did record uh, some time capsule episodes of this. And so we are now on uh, issue 50. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We already did so much work. We did all the editing. We got all the we got all the work in and now we're we're just about caught up. So 
look for those eventually in the time capsule. <laughs> but for now, we're just going to skip to we're, we're We've done all of them and we're doing 50 now. Uh, no, I care too much about the audience. <laughs> you, you hear that? We care about you. We're ta- I'm talking to you through your headphones right now person to person we're having a raw real like, human experience right ahead, now take my headphones off <laughs> space uh no seriously though <laughs> what the fuck are we doing hey, should we just hey. should we just start over <laughs> yes issue one please no what are, what's the cover of this thing noah all right the cover of this thing is um it's really beautiful uh it is D. Oswald Heist, the Cyclops man, uh, staring at the baby, Hazel. And there's the lighthouse in the background. Um, and it's just a very kind of like warm, friendly cover, uh, which is sometimes a rarity for Saga. Yeah, it's actually very fitting for the for the autumnal season we're getting into. We're getting a lot of muted, nice brownish tones. It's It's very... It's very cozy. It's very relaxing, which is very quietus. And unlike anything we've seen from the covers so far, we mentioned this in the Between the Arcs uh, when we were ranking all the covers, but uh, but it is a very uh, sharp turn from all the vibrant, solid colors we usually get, and I appreciate it. I think an interesting thing to note here, and I don't know why what the decision of this is, but it, it seems to work, is that the lighthouse isn't actually centered like you'd, right. you'd think the yeah. light, lighthouse would be centered in the picture, but it clearly is not, which I think is an just a, an interesting decision to remark. I actually would like to see this because I, I don't know about you, but I'm looking at it through the uh, through the trade paperback where it doesn't have the title. I want to see where that light ends up with the title. On oh there. yeah, yeah. That I should, might I have should, affected that. Let me see. Let me see. Saga issue thirteen. I should look this up too because I want to see. Uh, what color the title is? The title is a a beige that's kind of a little lighter than the background, and the light goes up just kind of where the stem and the circle of the A okay. meet. This is riveting radio. This is <laughs> just just straight gripping. That's a, that is oh, that's interesting. Like I feel like that yeah that doesn't even explain that that botched my nope. theory because I feel like that that it actually might have looked better if if it was centered in terms of the title placement but hey what do I know so yeah that's that's what we're going we're going for a nice just a nice chill cozy issue here this is this is uh ASMR saga with John and Noah <laughs> <laughs> here and then I'm going to do uh I'm going to do just some some really nice ASMR for people here. <coughs> I I cut I cut to the I cut to your coughing again. <laughs> it's really it's really upsetting for everyone. Uh, so uh, so do you wanna do you wanna take the first scene or should I? Uh, that's entirely up to you. I usually plot out which scene I want to do and then decide that based upon this, but I did not think to do that. So, y- your choice, man. Uh, I'll 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 open up here. Why not? All right. So we open our opening splash again, kind of going with the the cover. The opening splash is one of the less dynamic opening splashes. Um, yeah. We see an exterior shot of the Landfallian Army Medical Center. Um, then we get a series of shots of the inside. A bunch of people that appear to be veterans um, lined up next to a desk and. We kind of move down the hallway and cut into a room where we've got a patient uh, without a hand uh, saying that Alana is a traitor to the planet. Um, And he's being asked questions by a mysterious green voice off screen or blue green Mm -hmm. turquoise voice. I'd say green. Yeah. Yeah. And so so basically the green voice is asking uh, about the encounter that we saw way back in in i want to say like issue five maybe um but anyways about uh a bunch of winged soldiers uh encountering marco and alana maybe even earlier than that but anyways uh and marco going fucking bonkers uh when they threaten alana 
Um, Mm -hmm. And he says that they had a baby. Um, He says that when he told the intelligence guys that, they laughed in his face. And he tried telling someone from the press, but they were no better. They said he should call the tabloids. And then we flip and we get a, uh, a splash page of the tabloids, our mysterious green voice saying, and we're very glad you did that, is a a, a, a very well-dressed amphibian person who is tall and slim and his more stout green amphibian person companion who is holding a camera that has an eyeball in the place mm-hmm. of the lens. Which I always miss, but that's such a that's such I love a good it. Detail. It's so good. Yeah, so we... Uh, I'm going to spoil this here. We just met Upshur and Doff. Yes. Which is, you know, if we see them again, <laughs> they might be rad. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I love I love it when they give splash page introductions to characters <laughs> and then never show them again. Never again. I mean, I guess the time suck, but... There you go. Uh, so, yeah, this is... this is Here, I'm going to run a... I'm going to run a, a theory past you. And this is sort of just my interpretation, uh, but let me know what let me know your thoughts on this one. The uh, because we get sort of it's almost like a thought balloon bubble for uh, that's that's is that Upshur or Doff? Now I can't remember. I, it's I think so it's Upshur. I just always could say them as Upshur and Doff, so I yeah. really I'm not the authority on this. <laughs> uh, but but let's let's say Upshur. Uh, we get this sort of thought balloon. Uh, yes, it is Upshur. Okay. I, I've confirmed. Okay. Uh, but we get this thought balloon uh, dialogue uh, that it can c- clearly be heard by the guy, the one-handed man. Uh, which, oh, and I just realized, which is great, we acknowledged, because that is that is issue five, uh, we acknowledged that uh, Alana says if we're in 20 years, if we're attacked by a one-handed man oh yeah uh, that it's gonna be like it she references a one-handed man and uh and this is in a way him getting his revenge or affecting their lives in some capacity yeah that's very true and so but i'm interested to see if we see him again but again n- not something i've ever noticed but he does make an appearance again uh and but also i i think my my headcanon for this is that since they are sort of like underwater amphibious uh aliens that yeah. uh that it might be some sort of uh tele- telepathy that they're communicating through thus the the speech the thought bubble balloons but the thing is the, like the balloon comes from we've got the arrow coming from his mouth in the splash yeah, but even then, well, here because it's it's clearly supposed to be interpreted in some alien way, and yeah. it's supposed to be because it's like it's its own color and also it's its own. I think I might know what the question of the week is this week. Oh <laughs> shit! Uh, but yeah, no, I, that's what that's what like the 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 fact that it's that sort of cloudy balloon, the bubbly balloon, uh, that but it's still like having an arrow. That that is what is making me assume that they it's like some sort of telepathy because they are or sonar somehow I don't know uh, because they are uh, apparently underwater creatures uh, that that is some sort of evolutionary thing of theirs because they are the only ones that talk like this. I'm gonna tell you right now that's a terrible theory. Okay. I <laughs> and go ahead and sound off in the comments and thank you for agreeing with me. Yeah, uh, I actually I actually have no idea, and I don't really have a I don't really have a specific voice in my head for this, but I do think the it's interesting the use of color because the other place that we get color in our um, in our uh, speech bubbles is blue, right? Is when they're blue. casting magic or speaking the language. There's one more. There's one more. Can you think of it? Or we get Not color. Does Lion Cat get color? No, no it's uh, Isabel, because she's oh, a goat. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. Which yeah, you know, yeah, what? Yeah. honestly, I I'm all for just in terms of clarity in comics. Actually, the last comic I did, uh, or the one before the last comic I did, called Specs. It's a short little comic that I did with Jessica Mao. We out of necessity did 
colored uh, balloons for each character that are like the color goes with each character. And uh, just to make it a little easier to read when they're when they're off panel, but still talking to each other. And uh, and I kind of just like it's something that, again, raising these questions that don't even need answered is just this like thing where no matter what the origin or reason is for it, you just immediately know it's it's alien. It has some kind of weird quality, distinct quality to it. And it is it is uh, like there's just the, you now know you now associate it with a specific species, which is always always nice for for reading purposes. Yeah, the the coloring it the same as the character design is a really like simple trick, but it's a really useful mm-hmm. one, I think. Yeah, it is kind of just like that it's a green that's like right in the middle of yeah, Upshur's yeah. sort of aquamarine and Doff's yeah. forest green. I love it. Yeah, and I think I think there's not too much to this scene. The little rat, the little winged rat flying through the halls is fantastic. I do want to take some time to appreciate because this is the first time we're seeing a uh, landfall. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was going to say too. I like mm-hmm. the how kind of mundane and earthly it seems, like mm-hmm. the kind of the like cheesy propaganda posters but they're on a bulletin board and just like like people waiting in line for the reception one of the people happens to be a bear um but (laughs) yep (laughs) i love it but it just it just feels very much like like a kind of like like hospital you might go to Mm -hmm. uh in canada or uh, maybe in the states. I don't know what your dystopian healthcare system is like. This actually, this splash. The first thing it reminded me of was Toronto, with just the nothing but cement and oh and yeah, glass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which which again says a lot about the the species being like you know technological and practical and not necessarily in tune with nature at all. It is there is specifically like we get. A fountain and that is all the nature we get in this shot and and the fountain and the fountain is depicting like a very heroic soldier carrying a torch like it yeah it shows the kind of propagandistic nature of it yeah and i love that that's that and then directly in front of it is clearly like a, a homeless uh veteran yeah pushing a shopping cart yeah i also i also think it's neat that the uh the heroic statue is framed by wreath in the sky yeah yeah that is cool i didn't realize that uh yeah no and then just stuff like i love that everything just everything has wings they have one of the winged horses and they have just a rat with wings yeah just it's but but the the one-handed man does not seem to have wings i can't especially tell i think they might just be like under his robe or behind his back but i'm not sure yeah that's a weird thing to because I'm sure there are humans, like, they, they have different species working with different sides. So that would be interesting if this sort of, like, is confirmation that the the Wills species, human adjacent or whatever, uh, uh, is, like, sided with the with Landfall. But, yeah, there's, there's, there's cool little world-building details that I appreciate in this, and we get the return of the one-armed man. Just a nice little callback. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, I think I think that's I think that's good for this scene. All right. Well, then then let's get to some catching up with the fam, which is oh, and it starts out with the voiceover from Hazel. Right. Where were we? And we see uh, the rocket ship tree flying past uh, one of the coolest things, which we will dissect in a bit, which is. Um, multiple suns with it seems like solar panels like encompassing them making a sphere around yeah. them this planet is just gorgeous or yeah, these yeah is. dyson spheres maybe is what they are but that that seems like but they're referred to hazel says uh yeah we're cutting across the clockwork stars on our way to and that that gives me some theories on our way to a fog shrouded world uh my parents were hoping to find a man named d oswald heist author of their favorite book uh, I had just shit myself. So we get a nice thank you for doing the summary, the the catching up for us. This page, before we go into the rest of the summary, this page is mm-hmm. peak saga. We have yeah. this yeah. brilliant world hinted at that we will not explore 
any mm-hmm. further yet, or if at all, <laughs> yeah. the clockwork stars, and we have the narrator shitting themselves. <laughs> uh, and then we get, so it's uh, Hazel crying, and then we see Alana wake up. Boy, do I know that feeling. Uh, in the middle of the night, this is my life right now, uh, and uh, hearing the baby crying, it says, fuck no, please. <laughs> And then worth uh, noting that this is your life right now because of a dog, not a baby. It's it's the same thing. It's this. It's identical, Noah. Uh, but it was a it was a sick dog, so it's 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 sadder. If anything, it's more responsibility, and and deserves more sympathy. Alana wakes up, realizes that Marco's out of bed, and Paranormal Activity style is just sort of standing, staring into space. Uh, yeah, beside it's the bed. Uh, and we see he has a beard and he has massive bags under his eyes. Uh, and yeah, he's just, he's just sort of, you might say lost in space and, uh, I'm going to cut that out. Don't worry. And, uh, so Alana puts on her, her nightgown. Uh, she says, I miss him too in reference to bar. So we, we see that we're, we've gone back in time a bit. We're, we're ahead of that time jump from last issue. Uh, and Alana goes to check on Hazel and sees that we that Clara is holding Hazel, calming Hazel down, and is wearing a veil. Uh, but it's, it's not all black. It's like this burgundy, which is interesting. Uh, and we see that uh, Clara hasn't slept because she's been reading the uh, what she describes as donkey shit. Uh <laughs> That a lot of fed to her son, which is the uh, uh, nighttime smoke book. Uh, she thinks it's bullshit. She thinks it is uh, sophomoric claptrap, not a secret text. <laughs> and uh, Alana just explains that, you know, she says, I want to do whatever's best for Hazel. Marco, Marco and I think uh, Mr. Heist can tell us what that is. So that is, again, their goal here. Uh, and... Alana says that Clara can stay behind, but Clara says that uh, she's done outliving. She's had enough outliving, and so uh, she's gonna. She's if they're gonna get killed, she's gonna get killed. So she's gonna tag along, and that's the that's the end of that scene. That that I've done more than enough outliving is such a good line. Yeah, this is. I, I like how again we're getting just not the not the straight up obvious like. You know, every little detail gets a, gives us a little more unique fleshing out of the world. It's not even necessarily yeah. saying anything, but just the fact that it's not she's not wearing black, but she's wearing this cool sort of burgundy and green yeah. get up. But it still very much uh, translates as in mourning uh, is really effective. I, I also just think I think this is really interesting. Like it's uh, to start off an arc especially having left off, if you think of where we left off with so much drama, it's a really kind of slow, patient burn for yeah. our first scene of these characters mm-hmm. after, like, like we saw them in this intense situation, and before that we saw, like, Barr dying, and, and now it's just kind of this, like, atmospheric, very quiet scene, not a lot of talking, uh, a lot of kind of big open shots it's phenomenal how especially in the first two pages of this scene how um fiona staples makes the spaceship feel kind of like vast and lonely like you can almost hear alana's steps echoing through it yeah and it's a lot colder than usual yeah exactly like usually it's this warm cozy place and then and then when we when we get to uh when we get to Clara and Hazel, we see this kind of little nook with the bioluminescence and stuff again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, actually, this is the scenes so far remind me a lot of like just a good season premiere. Uh, not like a series premiere, but just like a, yeah, there's been an obvious time jump or setting up some of the some of the threads introducing some new characters through a cold open and even debuting a new look for marco (laughs) yeah yeah and it's just sort of like we're gonna throw you into it with time having passed uh and you're just sort of catching up a bit 
uh, and yeah, I, I like that pacing. I think it, it makes sense for the. This is definitely very conscious. That is the first book in in a, a new volume for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and I just I think the characterization of Clara here is phenomenal. Just the if you three are gonna get yourselves killed, I might as well tag along. I've done more than enough outliving. Mm-hmm. Like like that that says so much about who she is and how she sees the world, and that she's like clearly still sad and hurt and in mourning but she's still this just like fierce woman who's really just like like not gonna take shit from anyone yeah and also i really appreciate that it's not just the uh there's a bit more nuance to her and alana's dynamic instead of just the ugh, my in-laws am i right like just this hatred towards each other or anything like yeah alana actually makes an effort to to reason with her and to not be like sort of not to engage or anything uh and is is very patient and uh clara is uh just sort of is still still clearly cares about i guess not necessarily alana but uh is invested in in all of their well-being uh and yeah it's again not a two-dimensional thing when it the obvious thing to do is a very two-dimensional thing there uh but can we please talk about uh these the clockwork stars because yeah i I, think just is super rad this this whole scene is that it's actually kind of bookended by a pair of beautiful beautiful space shots because something i didn't Mm -hmm. really notice until this read through on the last one is Mm -hmm. the shot of quietus in the background too yeah with like the the cloud with the lights coming out yeah and yeah what's you you said you had some thoughts on the clockwork stars yeah so i mean that's what so we see three of them uh and the middle one is like black with it still has because like i said it's sort of those uh uh what is it with six sides when it has six sides hexagon uh hexagon there you go uh civilization so, five there you go <laughs> settlers and, of Catan. <laughs> uh and so we see these it's covered in these these hexagons that seem like little like solar plates uh and the middle star is is black but it still has the the solar flares uh sort of sneaking out between the plates and so this what that just what this one image makes me assume plus the name clockwork stars is uh is that they've created this technology to turn off stars at certain times and turn them back Mm. on when they want to to you know control the day cycles or whatever they they want to do uh but literally just again talk about fucking awesome and totally inconsequential world building at least so far just my my favorite my favorite phrase implied world building yeah yeah where it's literally just like show this cool thing give it a name nothing else and it's like my brain is immediately like oh here's what civilization might want to do with this technology or abuse with it and and it is yeah, it is super fascinating and such a cool little. It's just a cool little treat. There's I noticed in this one a lot. There's they're really firing on all cylinders for uh for just fun, inventive, tiny little details that I appreciate. Yeah, actually, that I think that that's a that's another kind of a, a transition to the next scene where we get another just gorgeous, stunning planet. Yes, yes dive on in so uh we cut we we transition with hazel's narration granny was right to worry and we see prince robot four sitting in the uh dragon ship flying by a planet um hazel tells us that prince that this is prince robot four as we get a wide shot of the dragon ship with an actual arrow Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that uh later and uh um Others were just taking a more scenic route, uh, and we point to that planet where we cut to the Will's face, who appears to be on hold or talking to customer support um, and just (laughs) frustrated out of his mind. Uh, Your name again, the Will, as in losing mind to live, which is just (laughs) such a relatable, such a relatable moment. Um, 
Meanwhile, uh, Slave Girl is looking up to the skies, um, and uh, Gwendolyn asks if she's getting anything from the wi- uh, from the rings, but Slave Girl says, uh, I can't hear too good since the accident. In case you, uh, in case you uh, forget, where we let last left them off was the Time Suck cut their ship in half, and everyone almost died, and then they were brought back in, and... Uh, and then um, the slave girl kind of said that she could hear. Oh, wait, no. She had already said she could hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just like brought back in. And that's kind of where we left off. Hey, eh? them them blasting off, trying not to die. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and then Gwendolyn says uh, that she'll find a healing spell for slave girl as soon as they get off this rock. Uh, to which Lion Cat kind of growls, uh, and Gwendolyn says she promises, mm-hmm. which begs a whole bunch of questions about about Lion Cat. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the Will comes over, says uh, he wants some firewood, and the the Will and Gwendolyn kind of start uh, fighting a little, like like just bickering, I guess, not really fighting. Um, and <laughs> the Will says that his he's. The repairmen haven't shown up because he's out of their same day coverage zone (laughs) and it it kind of escalates and it looks like he's gonna uh, punch Gwendolyn and then slave girl tugs at his coat and says uh, no hitting. That's one of the rules. And Hmm. the will storms off with a muttering of woman (laughs) or women, as people say. People say I say woman wrong Uh, only because you do. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is a fun little update scene. Uh, and really quick, I do have a, I'm just, I'm just brimming with theories this episode, but the one thing just logistically that's been bothering me a bit is, and I'd never actually care about this stuff, but it just kind of stuck out to me because everything is so perfectly done in this series. And it's the fact that, uh, Prince Robot has not it takes so long to get to quietus compared to the rocket ship tree. Uh, especially since he's been heading straight there since volume one and they still, despite all the time suck and all that nonsense and getting sidetracked on the planet with fard and everything, they still get there a week before him. This is my theory. now. Okay. Rocket let's ship hear this tree rocket ship tree. It's very scientific, uh, is faster <laughs> than the dragon skull. No, the rocket ship tree <laughs> is uh, is more equipped for traveling long distances. Ah, I think that the Dragon Skull ship is like a speedy, short little bursts kind of ship. Uh, but the rocket, I mean, a rocket ship versus uh, some kind of transport spaceship. Uh, I think, in, especially since yeah, I think that the rocket ship tree doesn't have to. Uh, stop for fuel and i think that also explains why it's flying so close to the clockwork stars is because photosynthesis is is how it can travel oh you are just you're just you're like (laughs) that one gif from it's always sunny right now (laughs) uh but yeah i think that i think that uh that that is that is made for long distance travel and that i'm guessing that prince robot has to sort of uh has to like hopscotch from planet to planet to refuel this inefficient skull ship and yeah that checks out so yeah that's my theory as he's hopping by this planet something that i thought was super cool that i want to draw attention to is the way that there's almost a fourth wall break uh mm-hmm. with hazel's narration using the arrows like pointing yeah. at the dragon skull ship and pointing on the planet there's an arrow arrow with her narration which is just like really interesting because it kind of challenges you you almost always kind of read the narrator as this like like disembodied voice but it's remind it's almost reminding you that this is like 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 this is narration text on a comic. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like, yeah, in, in that way, it is sort of intrinsically fourth wall breaking because you're they're talking to us specifically. Yeah, exactly. And also, I love that, honestly, the thing that makes this work for me and doesn't 
break me out of it too much is the fact that her voiceover is already handwritten. Yeah, I agree completely. And so that we get this handwritten arrow makes it work. But that's actually that's something that it, it definitely brings into question what the hell this narration is. Yeah. Last week in seven episode, we did the uh, live Q&A and someone uh, brought up the idea that this is all uh, the narration is Hazel's uh, book that she's writing and that she becomes a writer which which would be very poetic especially with the whole i use it as a bookmark thing and the the oswald heist connection and all that stuff but it, I, I this kind of uh, fucks with that a little bit yeah but, yeah but but still i i think it's it's very much in the same tone yeah and we always get those cheeky little stare into camera kind of meta moments that are that always take place in this realm of uh of voiceover and never really in the yeah. story itself yeah exactly it's it's definitely it's a reminder of kind of the omniscience of voiceover but i think it mm-hmm. it works in a really kind of cheeky clever way mm-hmm. i also just need to repeat like how amazing it is that there is just like a scene of the will on the phone with customer service and it being like it, it being like the worst thing he's experienced in the comic so far <laughs> the most frustrated we've seen him yeah <laughs> yeah and also i love that just that panel i love this introduction to the environment of that that lighting on him that backlighting which is which yeah. we haven't really seen a ton in this comic so far things are usually very pretty flatly lit or like you get some dramatic lighting some uh, lighting from above but just the way that that backlighting draws the eye to the tropical planet they're now on and that and the planet is the planet is gorgeous just another can i build a retirement home here yeah situation i'd like to stay here forever and ever and ever (laughs) 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 that's just me uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think kind of a, a growing theme uh that that's phenomenal in Saga and why I love this scene so much is just it it really has an amazing ability to juxtapose the ordinary and the fantastical and by doing that it makes the ordinary fantastical and it makes the fantastical ordinary and right. it's just it's just such a unique thing that they do. Uh, hey, I just noticed something. I'm gonna blow your mind right now. You ready yeah. for this? Uh, is this another? Is this another Charlie theory? No, 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 no. This is like this is. I'm sure I could build one off of this, but this is something I just noticed. Uh, the the panel right under the one I was just referencing. Uh, yeah. The second panel on the page. Look over just like slightly left of uh, of Slave Girl's head, and yeah. what do you see in the background there? A mountain. But hold on. Over her head, we see uh, this. It looks like, uh, unless I'm interpreting this wrong, it looks like an overgrown building to me down to oh, it the could windows. Be that. It's, it's specifically it could be. the window shapes that are making me think this is an overgrown yeah, building in the I background. Could, I could see that. I could see that. Tune in and or, or, uh, just sound <laughs> off in the comments uh, what you think. But I think that that is a, a little too geometric. Uh, I think it, it blends in, but I, I think that we there's just a little hint of some ruins on this planet. I once again, I'm not entirely sure you're right, but I think that that's a really cool reading of that. And and I've got time for it. I've got more time for that than than some of your other theories yeah yeah no you're 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 you know it it's it could be a mountain with windows that's probably it actually now that i think of it what i said was dumb mountain with windows that, uh, that makes a lot more sense to me so i'm glad we can move yeah, on yeah no it's it's uh, just the lighting on the mountain it's just the, all right from the from the outer space windows um but let's go ahead and uh we good for the next scene yeah i think we are this this next scene looks like Vancouver. <laughs> uh, we we get to the the uh, s- the foggy beach of Quietus here, 
with some great parallel voiceover to action, which is the voiceover says, Quietus was the first place my family ever laid down roots. <laughs> I missed that. I missed <laughs> yep. that completely. And then it is the, it is the uh, rocket ship tree landing and its roots, roots literally digging into the ground, which is also just really cool. Which is really so cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we we get, I'm going to be a little broader with this description because this is a big scene. And this is the scene that if I had plotted out which scene I wanted to read, it would have been this one because it's fucking great. Uh, so we see that uh, Isabel goes out first to see if the, the planet's safe. Uh, and it sort of is, except that the the ground is just covered in skeletons. Marco asks if it's a mass grave and Alana points out that it looks more like an ancient battlefield. Picks up this old, dusty old, uh, uh, mace. what do you call that thing? Mace. That's a mace, yeah. Spiked mace. Uh, and then uh, we get we get Clara bending down to check out, uh, uh, actually, what I'm just noticing is a Cyclops skull. Oh, yeah. And uh, and we get a little herna herna uh, <laughs> uh, sound effect from it. And it's it's clearly making some kind of noise. It's slightly moving, and Clara places up to her ear. I like it, how you said you were gonna you were gonna speed up this uh you're gonna speed up this one, and now you're just doing panel by panel. Oh, but dis- I want clear description. Trust me, I want to. I just I would want I would reenact this scene if I could. This is so broad for me. It bites her ear. The skull bites her ear when she holds it up to it. Uh, she screams. Uh, and then all the skulls start shaking and coming to life. Uh, and uh, Isabel says, what is my favorite exposition ever? It's not haunted. It's bone bugs. They, re- they reanimate marrow or some shit, <laughs> which is all we would ever need. And then all the herna herna uh, bones and skulls and everything uh, creates. It looks like a bone saber tooth tiger sort of thing. Uh, and it's fucking rad. Yep. And Alana, it, with Hazel under her arm, uh, takes the mace and just smashes the thing in the face. Marco gets very <laughs> scared for Alana uh, and it, it screams out for her. Meanwhile, uh, ripping the skull, accidentally ripping the skull uh, away from uh, Clara's head and taking her left ear with it. So, uh, So we have some permanent damage here uh and alana just kicks this uh skull thing's ass uh but uh once marco starts running in uh to help her we get a kabang and a a, a implied gunshot as it as the uh, last of the skull uh blows up and we get uh the voiceover over the years we've met every kind of person imaginable and then we get a shot of our introduction, their introduction at least, to uh, D. Oswald Heist. <laughs> and he says, uh, you stupid cunts here to take back my advance. Uh, and he is drunk and in his underwear and holding uh, the gun that we saw last issue, actually. Uh, and then the, the voiceover says, but no one makes uh, worse first impressions than writers. <laughs> and so we get our cool little... This is this is I love this scene so much. It is so yeah, this it's so adventure. It's so fun. It's 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 really interesting just kind of how it's inserted narrative wise, because it's clearly just like it's clearly an action set piece that needs to be there because otherwise this is a really slow issue. Mm-hmm. Um but it's such a compelling action set piece that I'm yeah. totally I have so much time for it. I'm totally here for it. Right. Like like yeah. bone bugs reanimating bones into giant things. So Alana wonderful. with a big ass mace just <laughs> yeah. like smacking the shit out of this thing while holding Hazel in her other hand. Yeah. No, it uh. is. And I, I love I love like I said before, just sprinkled in so many just creative little world building things and bone bugs is one of the cooler things yeah. we've seen in this yeah. series uh and I, even down to the little herna herna that they say that kind of yeah. reminds me of just like the i'm a skeleton and i talk like, <laughs> like that chompy <laughs> no lips like just classic do, dumb do. skeleton <laughs> cartoon <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no but this is it's such a I fun need to make scene. a saga doot doot meme do you 
<laughs> no, no hold on. Hold on, uh, though. Let's think about this. Do you? <laughs> I think I do. Hold on. Take Saga out of the equation. <laughs> Just any doot doot me. Do you? I mean, as as we're recording this, tomorrow is October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not convincing me here, no. I need to... Okay. I'll make the meme, and that'll convince you. Okay. I'll, well, I'll make the meme, and you can, you can animate it in 3D as the artwork <laughs> for... Oh, God. Um, so, oh, I have a question for you, John. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Another one of Noah's crackpot <laughs> theories. Here we go. What does Marco say here? In uh, blue. Oh, where does he say something? In, oh, he does say something in blue. Well, you go ahead and uh, <laughs> do your thing. I'm going to see <laughs> if I still have this page open on my phone. All it's right. Um, here we go. So... A couple other things that I want to take note of, just just a couple general badass things here. Um, Alana is amazing. The look on her face as she picks up the giant mace is not even like fear. It's just like exhaustion that the baby crying kept me up all night and now I need to deal with this shit. <laughs> um and then I love just again small details when uh, Isabel is calling out, uh, like telling Alana to, ch to check her right. The bone bug monster is trying to grab Isabel, but it's going right through her because she's non corporeal, which is really right. just yeah, yeah. like like little details like that that mm -hmm. aren't really necessary. Like you could have just had her shouting that. No, but yeah, it's like a, it's just an added cool little action beat. Yeah. And I think something that's really cool is the use of diagonal lines in the panels in these action scenes. The panels are not square. They're kind of like weird off kilter diagonal. And it just like, it almost feels like, like the unsteady ground of this mass of bones moving below you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really helps you understand the action, the action of the scene. Uh, and also just speaking of action, my last thought on this, it's really interesting to see the action on the bottom panel when, um, Alana is smashing the thing in the face mm -hmm. with its, with her mace. The action is actually moving right to left, um, which is something you seldom see in comics. Yeah, I think for me it kind of has this. Uh, it reverses the eyeline uh, to where it slows down time a bit, where you get this yeah. like nice hold on the. Uh, again, I've, I'll, I'll shout out once again New Frame Plus, uh, which is a, a YouTube channel about game animation that my uh, friend runs, and it it does this. They always talk about these held frames where it's just like if you really want something to register, it doesn't matter how realistic or unrealistic it is, it will always resonate a bit more if a character can hold a pose for like four or five frames. Uh, and this is kind of, it's causing that effect where, you know, you're not just reading through it very quickly because it's not that left to right. Uh, it actually stops you a bit and makes that impact a little harder, which is really fucking interesting. Yeah, it's it, it. I think the the it really definitely feels like the slow mo, and you can almost feel yeah. the twisting motion of her as she's swinging, yeah, yeah. swinging the mace across her body. Yeah. Hey, so do I, yeah, I got do it. We have I got it? it. Yep. So this yeah. is this is uh, when Marco is tr first trying to pull the skull off of Clara's ear, uh, and this is actually really interesting uh, because it is it seems to be incorrect. Uh, the the translation, like the how it is spelled, it seems to be a, uh, a typo in the comic. Oh yeah, uh, because there's the word. It's like uh, I'm not even gonna attempt to say it, but there's the word uh, ankuau, something like that. Yeah, and uh, and if you take out the U in that, then it says I will not lose you too. Uh, so that ne seems to be the typo because that's a nonsense word otherwise. <laughs> huh. So, so yeah, so he's saying, I will not lose you too, which makes sense and is a nice little 
added thing. And I like that he says it in blue almost as like, you know, it's his first language. That's his instinctual. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, just the gut reaction. reaction. Yep. Uh, But but also he just doesn't know how to speak his own language, apparently. (laughs) That's 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 a very emotional moment for him to say that. I actually have a theory about this typo. So the effects, the magical <laughs> effects on the rocket ship tree. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, they just, no one speaks fucking Esperanto. Also, can we talk about the, I, I didn't even really notice this, the bone bug that comes up behind Marco, the creepy ass fucking snake that D. Oswald Heist blows apart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like a centipede snake skull thing. It's so creepy, and it is 100% going to be doing the doot toot soon. God damn it. I don't <laughs> approve at all. <laughs> You're going rogue from the podcast now. Uh, so yeah, and also just a great a great introduction to Diazold Heist. Another great introduction to Diazold Heist. Yeah, and it is very much in opposition of how we saw him before. So that makes you wonder what yeah. the fuck has happened in a week. I think I think that's I think that's what's really compelling about it is like your image of him is this like super well composed uh like brilliant author and mm-hmm. radical pacifist after the next one after mm-hmm. the last issue. And then, and then you see him literally with pee in his underwear. Yeah, in shooting that gun that he said he'd never shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. Even though it is against dead things, but still. Yeah. Yep. So we got a. Right. We got that's such a fun scene. That's such a good scene. It's a fantastic yeah. one. Should we should we reel it into? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So again, our hazel transition. But no one makes worse first impressions than writers. Okay, almost no one. Mm-hmm. And we see the Will sitting by the campfire, skewering a big old beetle on a rotisserie, um, <laughs> and looking at a picture and smoking a cigarette joint. Eh, Who I'm knows? A joint on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the picture he's looking at is a picture of himself and the stock, and he's got hair, which mm. is kind of offensive to me i prefer him <laughs> as one of our one of our balding legions um <laughs> uh no but yeah he's got hair and he he looks happy and handsome and the stock looks happy and creepy and then we hear a voice from off screen off panel uh that says wow i forgot how stupid you looked with hair <laughs> oh and and it's it's our old friend the stock. Um, Just die already, yeesh. Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely a joint because uh, the response to seeing the response to seeing her, uh, the will <laughs> says, right. "I ain't that high." So what are you, a succubus? Um, and the stock basically says, uh, "She's your friend. Just coming back to warn you to get out of the game, or you will die, uh, just like me." The will says the stock would never say that. Uh, the stock would not let me quit until I avenged her. Um, and the the hallucinogenic or succubus or whatever this stock is says um, you should settle down with Gwen, maybe adopt slave girl, get around to giving the poor kid an actual name someday. She said the sexual tension between you two got boring three star systems ago about <laughs> the will and Gwendolyn. Um and he starts yelling, and then uh, we cut out as Gwendolyn comes out to see that he is yelling at nothing. Gwen says, great, well, you woke up, slave girl. And then uh, the Will says, that's not her name. And we fucking finally get to the point where I'm allowed to start calling her Sophie and not tripping up any time I try to call her slave girl. <laughs> yeah, we we so end, yeah, we yeah, end we... on a splash of uh, the Will with the stars behind him kind of looking out and saying now on we're calling her Sophie mm-hmm. which by the way anyone that gets this reference is uh my kind of people but this this whole scene is very uh outer wilds for anyone who's been checking out that video game apparently I'm not your kind of people so I don't know not what that even, means you doot doot fuck I don't want nothing to do with you uh, but, but oh my god you doot doot fuck I want nothing to do with you episode title uh, so no just the the how many 
fucking times I've had to cut you saying Sophie out of this goddamn podcast <laughs> is extensive. Uh, so yeah, finally, yeah. Now, now you'll just need to cut me saying "dude, dude." <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, but it is, it is, it is a, it's a, it's a, again, staying with that sort of. Uh, other than that last scene, we have some just nice little uh, building character moments. Uh, but we we end with a just an oddly nice and interesting uh, little reveal of, for some reason, for whatever reason, we're going to call Slave Girl Sophie. Now I wonder if we'll find that out someday. I don't know. Certainly, I'll never have to cut that name out of this podcast again, and you'll be fucking smart about it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I th- I think <laughs> um I think it's really interesting to see uh to see also like an important part of this is like like what's going on with the will seeing the stock? Is he hallucinating? Mm-hmm. Is he crazy? Like, because mm-hmm. it's not it's not even like this is just him thinking like we see him physically looking out and pointing at the stock. So I think that that's yeah. that's an interesting kind of place to leave uh, to leave the issue without really addressing that. Because yeah. um, we, mean, we all know it's that it's that reefer madness, though. Yes. We well, that's why you don't that. that's why you don't touch the reefer. That's why Um, not even one marijuana cigarette. <laughs> We know that he dreams about her, so I think that that's an interesting kind of position to set us up, and and maybe we'll maybe we'll find out more in an issue or two. Maybe yeah. who knows? And we get we get Steve Rogers the will with this <laughs> with this hair, uh, and it turns out he's just going through his own Tyler Durden face like all <laughs> macho men do. <laughs> uh. Uh, but yeah, no, I you know I, I had a blast with this one. What's do you have a do you have a do you have a favorite moment? Um, so far in this, my favorite moment is not having to call Slave Girl Slave Girl anymore. <laughs> um, because mine too. I like I I like calling her Sophie, and also I just feel really fucking weird calling someone Slave Girl. Um, <laughs> right. But actually, my favorite my favorite moment is probably actually the Clockwork Stars. They're just. Sorry to steal that from you. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, you know, no, I'm happy that that you you stole my thing and uh, <laughs> and we already gushed a lot about how great that one scene is. So I'm going to I'm going to go back and point out something that I forgot to mention in an earlier scene as my favorite moment, which is uh, the Will saying to Gwendolyn, listen, good short pants. Which... Oh, my God. I forgot to point that out, too. <laughs> Which is, uh, there is uh, there is no scenario on this green and blue planet Earth that Harrison Ford has not said, listen good short pants, at least three times in his life. Uh, it is, uh. it is, which again, evoking, because obviously there is, there is distinct Harrison Ford uh, influences on this character and just that sort of uh, archetype that it's, it is... I like I like when we get that very distinctly the will dialogue and yeah. his, his just sort of comedic uh fuck yous to people. Uh but yeah, that's that's gonna be my favorite. Hey, do you have a song? Put you on the spot, do you have a song? Do I have a song? Um not not offhand actually. Um oh wait, wait a minute. Wait mm-hmm. a minute. Oh uh, wait a minute. I, I gotta, I gotta actually, I'm gonna play you a clip of this song. One second. (laughs) We can no longer monetize this podcast. Oh, crap. Do you know what this is? Yeah, I know what it is, Noah. <laughs> okay, let's let's just skip no to joking. the good part. <laughs> How long does this song take to get to the Here we go. <laughs> Oh, 
I'd be very lying if I did say this was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> okay, that's we can we can we can cut throw it all on of the that. throw it on the um, playlist. Nope, nope, we're keeping it in. I want everyone to hate you as much as I hate you. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, so, my song is Spooky Scary Skeletons. Spooky Scary Skeletons, uh, which, yeah, go ahead, add that to the fucking garbage playlist, which someone has been making a playlist. I forgot to post that on the Twitter, but it is in the Discord right now. Uh, and I went with the much better because I was like, I could suggest this, but also I don't want to do that to people. Uh, and But I did go with uh, Rattling Bones by, I, I specifically like the uh, Preservation Hall Jazz Band version of that. So go ahead and add that to the playlist too. But we went with the same dumb, <laughs> easy joke for both of them. I, and they're very much though, in the spirit of the, the season. Actually though, if you want to listen to something that kind of, uh, the the scene of cutting past the clockwork stars, and maybe this makes me think of this uh, because it's from an album called Clockwork Angels, mm -hmm. but Headlong Flight by Rush. Um, it's just this kind of like, it's well it's actually like steampunk but it's kind of just this like big kind of uh adventure song um that just feels like like flying flying through space on an adventure um it's got the line steer the airship right across the stars which is what what that what that shot makes me think of there we go you gotta gotta squeeze in another one and gotta remind everyone that you are in fact canadian uh so <laughs> we you know what, I, let's, be let's, I believe let's... you're the one that uh that made a rush joke earlier never who me <laughs> I don't know if that's in this podcast. It might have been in our conversation before. So I hope it's not. And someone scrubs through the podcast they looking all, for they it. They all fucking blend together at this point. Uh, so let's let's listen to some non-copyright infringing music. Actually, you know, in your in your defense, you played something from the fucking twenties. So you yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but otherwise, here's some here's some much better music. Question of the week. No, oh, what a good song. What a great song. What a what great a good song. song. Yeah, I love how it just feels in your ears, you know? Yeah. It's almost as good as spooky, scary skeletons. <laughs> almost. <laughs> uh, what, or what, what are we... Do we want to go with... Do we want to go with the... Uh, what do you... What explain the uh, balloons yeah. for Upshur and Doff? Yeah, that's... I think that that's, that's my big question out of here is what's... What's... What's up with Upshur's voice? How does Upshur talk? Yeah, how correct am I? Yeah, and and if and kind of like what does what does it sound like? Like in if it is telepathic, what does it sound like in your head? Like who's is he like Lion Cat? Is he a, a shitty New York accent? You know what? I actually, this is actually really convenient because I just installed, I have this fancy new computer and I have all these sort of voice modulator things built in to the recording software here that I can just turn on whenever and there hasn't been the excuse to use it. So I'm going to, there's literally an underwater one here. So I'm going to oh, go ahead and use oh, that. Let's hear, let's okay. hear this. How about this sound? Is this is this what he sounds like? Oh my and god! And click. Oh, that was that was amazing. That was a good bit. That was way better than doot doot. Oh boy. Uh, so that's the question of the week. Uh, hey Noah, this is a good. This is a good. We're we're back in it, and I'm feeling good about it. I'm I'm excited to see what happens next. Let me let me peek ahead and and see in my book what's happening next. No spoilers though. No spoilers oh. while looking at the spoilers. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There's that. <laughs> yeah, and then that thing. Oh yeah, and Wump definitely Wump. Forgot about Wump actually. Um, oh boy, yeah. people are just people are just jonesing for that next episode now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I tease. That's how I keep the I listeners like, hooked. Welcome to the new welcome to the new segment every week, which is <laughs> Noah Fain's uh interest. We should we should really we should really just call this verbally shit posting about saga. <laughs> oh, aka it takes a universe. Uh so where can people find you, Noah? 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram at watchpolyphonic. Where can people block you, Noah? <laughs> yeah, you can you can find me uh, on Twitter at watchpolyphonic. Um, you can find me on uh, Facebook, I guess, at watchpolyphonic. But mostly, you can find me on YouTube uh, at youtube.com/c/polyphonic, or just look up polyphonic. Uh, I made a video about Bob Dylan um, that was really cool, uh, and I'm really proud of. So. Go check it out, I guess. What about what about you, John? I guess I should have thrown to you there. Where can people find you? And and that's <laughs> the end of the linger. episode. Thanks for listening. Let's just linger in my in my in my self pride here for a second before we before we move on to anything else. Uh, we well, you know what? Yeah, there's the usual Twitter at Jonathan Oscar. There's the usual YouTube.com/slash/makesupstudios. But you can also find both of us on occasion. Uh, in the Horns and Wings Discord. Oh, yeah. Which someone actually went and made. Uh, and so I don't know how you do that. How do you find that? It's right now, it's, it is, we have a, I'll, I'll keep it as the pin tweet for another, for another, uh, week so that people actually get a proper chance to sign up. But at some point, yeah, just, well, or we can even put that as a link within the description of the Twitter, I suppose. Uh, so we'll do all that. Uh, and as always, go answer the question of the week either on uh, Twitter uh, or on the YouTube video version of this very episode. And and we'll also, also don't forget to follow Wash Polyphonic on Twitter. Please. Your your go to your go to source for all the latest hippest doot doot memes. Uh, go check that out. <laughs> that's actually going to be the exclusive uh, spot for where you can find Noah's doot doot meme. Is is at Wash Polyphonic, uh, and now you have to make it. Uh, so go ahead and check all that out. And the Horns and Wings uh, pod on Instagram that that has some cool stuff on there. Uh, and as always. Thank you so much to Fiona Staples, Brian K. Vaughn, Photographics, Image Comics, for, for putting this one together for us, specifically for us. That's very considerate of them. And, as always, go, go make stuff. No, where are we ending up? How are we, how are we, how are we wrapping up this one, Noah? Um, I think I gotta ask the question. I, I gotta ask it. You gotta ask it. Am I shitting? All right. Hey, leave. We're leaving. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>